you know what's so funny, dog? Man, you, you probably know this. You know this too. Like, you go out with a girl, and the first thing these women say, oh, well, you know, I normally date athletes. <laughs> I hate that shit, man. Bro, it's uh, like such a turn off. I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, I date entertainers and athletes and stuff. And I'm like, girl, like, you just telling me that you be getting ran through. Basically. Really? Because where they at? You getting ran through. And now you out with me. And then they'll go drop a name of a dude I know. Uh -huh. So then I'm like, oh, okay. So this is the athlete you was with. Because, you know, we know everybody. Yeah. So then you're going to drop this dude's name. And I know this dude. So then I'm like, dang, man. So my homeboy then banged you. Mm. Right? <laughs> so now we out up on a date. Mm. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, damn, okay. Like, I, I just want to end this as, as quick as possible. And then, you know, but it's, and I'm from Atlanta. Yeah. Now, where are you from? Atlanta. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you know. Yeah. So anyway, so being from Atlanta, you've run across so many women, all of them looking for the same thing. They looking to date the same dudes, mm -hmm. you know, like everybody know everybody when it comes to certain type of dudes that they dating. And it's just, you just want to get out that game. Describe myself in two words, rich and unemployed. These stones cost two birds. Let it count when she bored. Deposit hit chicks, clearing ace. Nothing void. I know that ain't my ex calling. Null and void. Where we going? Money going up. Money counting. Welcome to the Rich and Unemployed Podcast. And I'm your host, Jonathan Dubaton, aka Finesse. Also known as Rich. Call me anything, but just don't call me broke. Before we start, go ahead and like, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash finesses only. Uh, make sure you guys check out the Discord. Make sure you guys cop some merch. All that good stuff. You know what to do, man. We do this all the time in the beginning. So we got a very, very special guest, man. Um, you know, we we interview rich and unemployed people and let him tell it. Are you? Uh, am I rich? I think it depends on what you think rich is. You know, I'm... I'm Hood rich. <laughs> like, I'm a humble guy, so I don't ever yeah. want to say I'm rich. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like if you say you're rich, mm -hmm. in my opinion, then you start getting complacent. That's I got you. I got you. So, okay, what's your goals then when it comes to money? When it comes to building wealth? What, like, what, are, you, what are you aiming for? Honestly, like, I want that B. Oh. I want that B, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's why I feel like if I say I'm rich, I'm gonna get too complacent. Like, uh -huh. I've been wanting to be a billionaire since I was 28, bro. That's what's so up. I just figure out, okay, well, how can I get to that point? Uh -huh. How can I get to that level? Uh huh. And so do you, that's my thing. And do you think you can get that through real estate? Well, let's, let's introduce yourself first. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Yeah, so my name's Justin Giles, and pretty much my handle on all social media platforms is Top Fund Manager, and all I do is real estate investing. That's it. Uh -huh. So everything real estate investing when it comes to buying property to building mixed-use developments to consulting people on how to invest in real estate i even have my own real estate brokerage firm so i got 60 agents between georgia and florida mm -hmm. where we literally have realtors work under us i haven't got a real estate contracting company where we do construction and, and help people renovate their properties so we got a lot of different businesses but everything everything real estate and you think that you can get to a b with real estate oh 100 how 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 100 all right, so think about it, right? Over the past 200 years. 200. Mm -hmm. Over the past 200 years, mm -hmm. every single millionaire, 90% of all the millionaires, can't say every single, but 90% of all the millionaires created over the past 200 years was through real estate. Mm -hmm. And then most of all the, the billionaires, they're still heavy in real estate. Mm -hmm. But I actually came up with the idea, and I actually did my calculations. 
on how I can achieve that be in real estate. Mm -hmm. But it's a journey, but I know I can get it. I guess I want to share that with you. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got to hear this. Let's pull this mic up. Hold on one second. Go ahead. Let's hear Okay. So I figured this, and this is how you kind of take some bar. Because like one of my special, one of my specialties is I take people that have nothing, mm -hmm. right? So you know how a lot of people, they, they say, hey, you know, I started from the bottom, right? Or, you know, I came mm -hmm. out of mud and all this type of mm -hmm. stuff. So I'm very good at taking people that are, have very humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. So let's just start with that. So let's say that you have nothing, you have zero, but you want to achieve that B, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is you have to figure out how do you make money from air, right? And I know you, you're a smart guy. Mm -hmm. You already know how to do that. Like mm -hmm. you know how to make money out of nothing, mm -hmm. but some people don't. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. And the thing is, is, it's not that hard as long as you have a mentor, as you have somebody that can teach you. So my question is to you is now who taught you how to do that though? Like who taught you how to make money from nothing? Whew. Um, a group of people um, watching my dad, my cousins, friends. Um, I just understood money, understood like transaction, understood like, you know, if I give you something, you have to give me something in return. So that's basically the currency of money. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So reciprocity. Mm -hmm. So pretty much what I'll show somebody is, OK, if you have no cash, you have nothing at all. How do you how do you do something? You just said reciprocity. Mm -hmm. So I'll show people how to go find property and get these properties under contract. But then they'll go find a person like myself or they'll mm -hmm. find a person that like you that might be interested in actually buying that property. Mm -hmm. And then they'll sell that contract for a profit. So even though they don't own the property, right, right. they can actually get the property on a contract and sell it. So I got people, they're in different programs that I got. Like this one girl, she made 20 grand last, last Friday off of literally doing what's called wholesaling. So in real estate, you have things that's called wholesaling. All that is guys, is that you're literally buying some property without using cash. You can do it a couple ways, through assignment contracts or double closings. In this case, this young lady did double closing. But all that means, you're just buying and selling the property the same day to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So now let's take, let's get back to the question. So how do you achieve a B by doing real estate? So the first thing is you gotta get the seed money. So the seed money comes from wholesaling. And then after you wholesale, then you actually start buying properties to renovate, mm -hmm. right? So you can go get a loan on a property that needs work with 10% down. So let's say mm -hmm. you find a house and it needs work and the property is going for 150,000. Like in this market, we live in Georgia, we live in Atlanta. You can find a house for 150 grand, but you're putting down 15 grand to buy the house, mm -hmm. right? In a perfect world, 10% down plus closing costs, but let's just round it to 15 grand. So the 15 grand gets you the house, but the bank also gives you money to renovate the house. Mm -hmm. So now after you renovate the house, let's say that the house will sell for 250, but the house only needs probably 20 grand worth of work. So you took the 20 grand you just made off of wholesaling, you put down 15 grand, and now the bank is giving you money to buy the house for 15 grand on top of renovating the house. Let's say the house only needs 20 grand. Next thing you know, you're in it for 150 plus 20, that's 170, the house sells for 250. Now you're almost up, what's that, like 80 grand. So now you turn 20 grand to 80 grand, mm. right? So then one of the things I'm about to do right now, I'm about to build a mixed use development. So for me to build a mixed use development, I had to buy the land, mm -hmm. but the land was only a hundred grand. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So let's say that you do it enough to where you go find a piece of land, you only have a hundred grand and then you buy the land for a hundred grand. Or you can even do better. You can even own or finance the land. So let's say that 
your grandma owns a land and the land's own commercial, you can go say, hey, grandma, why don't you owner finance me this land? Don't even have to put money up. Mm -hmm. You can then go to a commercial lender that will give you a loan to build the project. However, and this is actually, you know, something that I was going through right, right now, they'll give you the money to build the project without using any cash because they'll use the land as the collateral. The collateral, okay. However, you still have to have plans. So the plans for the land, well, the development, whatever you're gonna build, that costs money. So you gotta have that up front. But after you have that money and pay for those plans, then the bank will then reimburse you for that. So that'll be in the actual rehab budget the same way it was when you did your first rehab off of buying the house and selling it. Mm -hmm. So all that goes into the financing. So you might come out of pocket with that, but you'll hustle that money up by wholesaling, doing rehabs, even also buying property, renovating them, and then refinancing them and renting them out. Mm -hmm. So that's called the Burr method, right? Like Burr is called. B-R-R-R-A. Yeah, Burr, yeah. like I'm sure y'all right, you've seen mm -hmm. it. So that's just, you buy it, renovate it, refinance, repeat. Mm -hmm. repeat. So that's what a lot of people do, and that's what all those R's are. Mm -hmm. So then you're pulling out equity when you're refinancing, but you're building your net worth. So a lot of people, they think that when it comes to having a billion dollars, you gotta have it in your bank account, but you don't have to have it in your bank account. You have an assets. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that being said, okay, if you have enough properties to where now you, it's very straightforward to become a millionaire off of assets. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, you just have to have a bulk of a lot of different properties to achieve that B. So now I look at it like, okay, I gotta go bigger. So doing residential property, that's great. And you're still gonna do that in your portfolio because guess what? You're still, guys, what's super important, and I tell people this all the time, people who wanna get into the real estate business, they think about, oh, I wanna flip houses. I right. wanna flip, mm -hmm. I wanna flip. But the thing is, is that, and you know, like you got the cash machine here. Okay, if you're flipping houses and you're getting the cash in your account, you still gotta keep flipping the cash. Right. So if you're constantly in your mind trying to figure out how am I gonna keep turning this money, why not actually leave the property without selling it, pull out some equity so you still have the cash and just scale and buy more properties. But when you're refinancing the homes, you're leaving some equity in there. Mm -hmm. So even though you might have a house that you paid 150 for and you put in 20 grand, so now you're in it for 170, but it's worth 250, instead of actually you know, selling it for, for 270, well, 250, excuse me, instead of selling it for 250 and pulling out, you know, the 80 grand in your account mm -hmm. and not having the property, pull out 30. Right. So now you got 50 grand in there and you're just scaling. And then mm -hmm. as time goes by, as a year goes by, it's still appreciating. So now your net worth is increasing and you're getting passive income off the houses. Mm -hmm. So now at this point, you might have 10 houses and you got passive income of, let's say, $500 per house. That's conservative that's still five grand a month and your net worth is increasing. So now to get that B, you start doing commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I'm now starting to teach people how to do commercial real estate. So for the mixed use development that I'm building, even though I'm gonna spend about four mil, maybe 4.3, I think I can get it done cheaper than that. But after I finish building it, I know it'll probably be worth maybe, maybe 8.59. So now I just, what built, almost maybe four million in equity off of me putting up a hundred and fifty thousand dollar investment because the thing is that the land was a hundred was a hundred grand 
Now I paid 150 grand for my plans. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> but let's say that, but, but those plans were kind of intricate details, but you're still gonna pay about 100 grand or so. So really the investment's about 120, excuse me, excuse me, 250, like a $250,000 investment okay, let for me the st- plan. Let me stop you right there. Go ahead. Cause you're giving out a lot of information. I yeah. think it might go over a lot of people's heads. A lot of numbers. Yeah. So the process that you're saying to get to a B, not just for you, for anyone, to start off middlemaning basically, right? No money, right? If you had nothing to start with, you start with nothing and you basically get these properties under contract and then you sell them. And then from that process, you would buy and hold, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can do multiple things. You can Mm -hmm. buy and hold and then depends on your bank account. So what I tell people Mm -hmm. is that, what do you want to have in your bank account that makes you comfortable for you then to start holding? Because this is the thing. If you start holding properties, which I recommend everybody to do, mm-hmm. the tenants are gonna call you with problems, the house gonna need work, yeah, yeah. you know, the tree fell on it, insurance is gonna take care of it, but you still gotta have some, some money in your right. account. So when they start holding, they gotta have so much money to give them that comfort level to hold. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, once you build enough properties, you move on to commercial properties. Exactly. So you still keep doing the residential because the residential is always going to be bread and butter. Mm -hmm. But the commercial is still what's going to help you get to that B because now the spreads are bigger Mm -hmm. because residential, you can still make a hundred grand all day on doing on 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 houses that are under 200 grand. Mm -hmm. Like even for me, I'm still buying houses that are one point eight mil, you know, three mil. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm buying mansions. So if anybody that knows me or follows me on social media, I do buy big mansions, but I buy them to hold them because I'll rent them out for passive income. Like I'll go make it an Airbnb or I'll put a, a, a long-term tenant in there. Mm-hmm. Even though my mortgage might be 10 grand a month, mm-hmm. the tenant might be paying 17 a month. So I'm still making seven grand or five grand off the rent, right? And then the equity is insane. When you come, when it comes dealing to these mansions, so I mean, and then depend on how you find them, because mm-hmm. a lot of things too, and I'm, I see where you're going. A lot of people don't know how to find good deals. That's the thing, like they don't know how to find good deals. So what I do is also show people, like, yo, this is how you find a good deal. Mm-hmm. This is how you can really make money off of finding this deal off market. Like mm-hmm. I bought a house, you know, bless his heart, it was a gentleman. He built his forever home. It's 14,000 square foot home out in Alpharetta. And um, I paid 1.8 mil for it, but it's worth 3.5. And it's a compound, like it's insane. Mm. Like gated everything. So I'm like, you know what? I think that I can actually turn this into some sort of wedding event, some mm. sort of wedding venue. And if I turn to a wedding venue or any type of, you know, a baby shower, bachelor, whatever, and if I can pull in 25,000 a month, man, yeah. I mean, that's a no-brainer. No-brainer. So, but either way, so the more a property might be worth, the spread mm-hmm. could also be a lot higher. So that's why we'll just start scaling, and then people will start really mm-hmm. seeing those returns to get to that B. Okay, before we get into, like, finding uh, good deals, I know the episode is getting really good. Before we dive any deeper, I need to get into the sponsor for this today's episode being an entrepreneur, creating and maintaining a business is tough. We all know this. There's a thousand other people that's grinding just like you. What I'm getting at is you don't have to do this alone. Did you know that there's a morning call every day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern? It's called the Morning Meetup, made for you. It's created by David Shans, the top entrepreneur who built multi-million dollar businesses. Yes, you heard this correctly. This is a group made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Do you feel stuck? 
That means you need to get into the room with high-level entrepreneurs. Get in the room. Basically, if you're tired of holding your own weight and it's entrepreneurship, you need to join. www.themorningmeetup.com. Join, connect, grow. I'll see you guys there. Let's back to the episode. Now, with your mansions, I've heard that you have celebrities in your mansions. Like um, Lil Baby. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you got you got these mansions yeah. that, I mean, if, if Lil Baby was to be living in your mansion, that means it's pretty good. Like, it's a pretty good property. Like, yeah. So, I mean, like, how many how many celebrities do you have in, like, your property? You know what's so crazy, bro? <laughs> what's so crazy? It's kind of like, I got one mansion in Buckhead. It seems yeah. like every person lives there is some sort of A-list celebrity, bro. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. You got but, one? Uh, no. Oh. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I have, I have one I have one mansion mm-hmm. um, in Buckhead. Yeah. And then I have another big compound in Alpharetta. And then I just try to look for this good deal. So, right yeah. now, I only have two. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I only got two mansions that are investment mansions mm-hmm. that I own. But, yeah, like, even the guy that's in there right now, you know, like, he's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's just crazy, bro. Right, right, like, right. It's just so, so many, right. so many people just love that house. That's why when I finished with this um, big one I got out in Alpharetta, I'm like, I don't really want to rent that. I'm just going to do the short-term rental on that because it'll just make so much money. I wanted, honest to God, it's so crazy, brought little baby. I was going to Airbnb that house. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, him, you know, he came in there, you know, him and Jay, they was like, hey, you know, like, what can we take you to not Airbnb it? And I was like, well, shit, well, I really wanted the Airbnb because I know I can make 1500 a night, Yeah, you know, off of it minimum. But they did the math. But they was like, okay, well, let me pay you out this. And I was like, all right, shit, well, fine. Say less. Shot a few music videos in there and everything. And I was like, all right, well, hey. But I need to see this yeah, mansion. It was, it was great. I need to see this mansion. So, okay, how do you find good deals? Right. That's an excellent question. So the thing is, it's kind of, there's so many different ways to find deals. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. So one of the properties that I picked up recently, I got it with probate. You know, like, I mean, you know, I, like my heart goes out to people that passed away of COVID. Mm-hmm. There's so many different people that passed away of COVID over the past years. And even before then, there's one thing that we always have to understand is that a part of life is people are always going to pass away. Mm-hmm. And when people pass away, they, 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 they get inherited things, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I was looking at your page too, and you know, I want to say my condolences to your loss as well. I um, had a few losses over the past year, and um, I inherited property, mm. you know, from from my relatives. Like my grandma passed mm. away a few months ago, I inherited property. Um, my grandpa, when he passed away, I inherited property. Wow. So sometimes, well, most of the time, when people pass away, they might own something, they might own it free and clear. Yeah. So then the relatives get it, but they might not know what to do with it. So what happens, they say, well, you know what? I don't want to do it. I just want to sell. So my grandma gave me some land, a place I don't even know nothing about. And to be honest, if someone gave me an offer for it, I'd probably consider it because I don't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. But we might know something about that. So what I do is I have a lot of different strategies, but one of them, I'll approach people that might have inherited property and give them an offer. That's one of them. Mm -hmm. Another way that we can do it is a lot of people, and what's so crazy, bro, and we'll probably get into this. You know how uh, during COVID, the bank was saying, hey, don't pay your mortgage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were telling people, hey, don't, don't pay your mortgage. We'll put everything up on the back end. So what happens, people will start getting comfortable not mm-hmm. paying their mortgage. Mm-hmm. And then everybody balling out. Balling. Everybody <laughs> balling. I'm not paying my mortgage. No money saved. So, you know, everybody's out there. 
buying a bunch of stuff, doing stuff that is irresponsible. So now, hey, the moratorium's over, banks can foreclose. They say, okay, here's time for you guys to pay up. Mm -hmm. Guess what? They don't have it. So now, people are about to start going to foreclosure. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is, I'll actually save people from going to foreclosure. And I even have the bank pay them to avoid a foreclosure and I'll get the property for cheaper than what the property is even worth. So let's say, for example, a person owes 500 grand on the house. I'll get the bank to do what's called a short sale and I'll actually buy the house for $300,000 and still have the bank pay the seller 30 grand just to move. Mm. Mm. So even though the house would go for 450, I'll get it for 300 and still cash out the seller 30 grand from the bank. Bank of America will pay the seller. Still got 170. And, and, and come out getting it silly, like silly cheap. But a lot of people don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's really not that difficult. But again, it's just so much strategy. I can go on about strategy, bro. I That's something I haven't heard yet. I haven't heard yeah. that one. So a short sale is like this. Let's say you got a credit card. And this is the best way. Mm -hmm. You got a credit card. Mm -hmm. This happened to me. <laughs> I got a, like my background, when, when, when I got into the business, like the market crashed on me. So when I, I was trying to invest in real estate, it just didn't work out for the mm -hmm. first couple of years. Mm -hmm. So my credit card was shot. I had like six or seven different credit cards. I didn't pay none of them. I was getting all them foreign calls, mm. right? So- <laughs> Scam was, likely. Yeah, yeah, I was getting all them. But back then, shit, that was like 2000, 2007, 2000, no, that was 2008, 2008, 2009. Cause I've been in real estate business in 06. So when the market crashed, my credit cards were shot. My, my, dude, my credit score was like a four or something. I don't even know what it was. Mm. But I had a credit card owed 30 grand on. American Express was like, um, I ain't paid for like a year and a half. So they kept calling me. They said, we could settle for seven grand. Okay, that's a short sale with the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's say you owe 500 grand on the house, but they're saying, hey, you ain't paid the mortgage in a while. Okay, well, we can settle your mortgage for 300. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, mm -hmm. but you have to get it approved. You have to show hardship and all that type of stuff. But essentially, settling a credit card for seven grand that you owe 30 on, right. it's the same thing with the house. I owe 500 grand, but you can settle it for 300 grand, but you can't buy it. Mm -hmm. You got to have somebody else mm -hmm. actually buying it from you. That's the caveat. Mm -hmm. And there's a different, there's a bunch of procedures and everything I had to do it, but yeah. So you say you've been doing this since 2006. Now, I want to take people through your journey, but well, let's go ahead and take you through your journey. Like, what made you get into real estate in 2006? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, man, my parents were always into real estate. So they had an IT company when I was growing up, mm -hmm. but my mom and dad always invested in real estate. So my brother and I were groomed to take over the family business, which is the computer company. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't there after I graduated. Well, while I was still in college, my parents got divorced and it was sloppy. So they were like, well, that's not an option anymore. And I was groomed to be an entrepreneur. So I said, well, I can't work. And then in corporate, bro, I mean, like being a brother, you probably know how it is in corporate. It's just- I never even tried. <laughs> oh, bro, it's not, it's definitely not for us. Uh -huh. It's not for us. So I was at college, I went to Cornell University. I was an econ major, mm. Ivy League. And I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna go work on Wall Street. You know, Every single job I had from working on Wall Street, and these are internships to working at yeah, um, like this other company called uh, Kaiser. I worked at this company called Credit Suisse, which is the Wall Street company. I worked at another company called Centos. Just dealt with some crazy racism, like mm. people trying to sabotage me, yeah. like all that. And I'm like, yo, corporate, first of all, I never planned on being in corporate anyway, mm. but it just wasn't for me, bro. It just wasn't for me. So I said to myself, I gotta do something to work for myself. And I was only there in those jobs just to learn 
so that when I start my own business, I can take something. But the main takeaways I took is that just, you know, corporate, these, mm-hmm. these folks, eh, eh, nah, like it's just, it was just too bad, bro. Like I'll give you an example. When I was on Wall Street, we went to the, to the Hamptons, right? And uh, I worked with these dudes, Wall Street, like investment banking hours, you're working from 8 a.m. to 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday. Doing IT? Investment banking on Wall Street. So mm-hmm. we're making stocks and bonds mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. So I was mm-hmm. in the commercial mortgage-backed securities division for um, this company called Credit Suisse. And um, I was just an intern, bro. I was, I, was, I was still in college. I was just there working in the summer. And I worked from, with these people literally from 8 to 3 in the morning, Monday through Thursday, 8 to 12 in the morning on Friday, Saturday, Saturday. come in from 10... <laughs> 10 to five Sundays mm-hmm. I'm off. I go to the uh, Hamptons, we got a little company event and I come sit down, right? Well, I'm trying to get a seat and I was saying, hey, you know, can I grab, you know, this seat? Mm-hmm. And the dude was like, no, but you can take these plates though. Damn. Right, because they thought I was the help. But it was crazy <laughs> that people told me to take the plates from people I worked with. And they thought I was the help. I was like, bro, man, like seriously, yo, I, I, I work with y'all too much for y'all to think mm-hmm. I'm the help. And of course, I sent the black guy to go apologize up on their behalf. Yeah. But anyway, but long story short, what got me into real estate, I said, I know that if I want to be, because I've always wanted to be a billionaire since I was 20, since I was in, 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 in excuse me, my goal is to be a billionaire at 28. I always want to be a billionaire since I was in, in, in college, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, there's no way I can do that being here. So I have to go do something. And I said real estate was the way because when my parents were investing in real estate while still having an IT company, I was already familiar with it, so I said, let me run with it. So I graduated early from college in 05, because I was supposed to be 06, and um, came out with my major. I said, let me just get straight to real estate. When I took this one job, I quit it after four months, because I got the money to get a loan on buying a condo. I bought this condo, I renovated it, it was a condo in Buckhead. I renovated it, sold it, made about 25 grand, Hmm. quit my little job I had, and I started running with it. But what ended up happening is I started trying to replicate that but I did I did a lot of mistakes one of the mistakes was I bought a house that I wouldn't live in myself I invested in neighborhoods that weren't really that great because mm. I didn't have a mentor I didn't know what to do mm. long story short the market crashed on me foreclosure short sale like no money I didn't have any income coming in for like two years so um it took me like two and a half years just to get on my feet and my mom was like, yo, like, you got to go work for somebody. And then I got back into a corner mm-hmm. and I said, no, I can't work for anybody. And that's when I started making money off of losses. So what's crazy, when the market crashed, I started actually making a lot of money. And that's why I made my first six figures as a, because I was like 23, 24. I made my first six figures in like the worst market ever. Then I started scaling and scaling. Then I learned how to make money off of losses. I learned how to make money when everybody was losing. And all these different things I started understanding was for me literally falling on my ass. Like, yeah. Cause bro, I was like, I had to go through it mm-hmm. to actually understand all the different strategies that I now teach people. Mm. So, so yeah, bro. And after that, it was just, it was like this though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was not like, it's never like this in business. It's like this. Always. Right. It's like this, mm-hmm. but I thank God for it because you know, God always puts us through things and those things that he puts us through, he's just preparing us for something that's greater. Mm. So even when I had my nights, bro, I ain't gonna lie, I was like, didn't know where the, my, you know, where, where money was gonna come from. I was literally like stressed, you know, I'll be crying at night. Like God was just preparing me 
for all the blessings that he had mm-hmm. and that would and that now allows me to bestow to other people to really mm-hmm. help them win so it, it's it, it's nothing that feels better bro than you see somebody that came from humble beginnings yeah that come under you and you show them how to make a hundred grand a month mm-hmm. and they take it mm-hmm. oh man bro so I'm, I'm just thankful to, to have went through so much i love hearing these stories man because like when people come from nothing to something and it's like when, as they're telling the stories, like they don't even see what's coming, right? It's like they're going through the struggle, they're going through the pain, and it's like they finally get a breakthrough, and it's like the damn the, the gates just open up for them, they just start flooding in, and it's like there's a lot of people that I have these conversations with, and they have kind of like the same type of patterns. Like I was going through it, I didn't, I couldn't get it right. I was going through this 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 time where I was broke and didn't didn't know what was gonna happen, and it's like you got the same story. So like you say, you help. Or you, you help people like make a hundred thousand. Like how many students or how many people have you helped along the way? Bro, I can't even count, dog. I, I can't even lie to you, dog. I mean thousands at this point. Thousands. Thousands at this point. And um and the thing is about me, I can't even lie to you, like, you know, my, my parents, when I was growing up, like they were they were well off. Like my parents did great. Mm-hmm. But what happened is, you know, when they got divorced, everything just kinda went sideways and then that's when my brother had to start over. So it's kind of like I I didn't have a bad upbringing. Like I'm I'm blessed and happy that mm-hmm. you know I had a good upbringing. And a lot of kids that sometimes have a good upbringing when their parents kind of do so much for them, yeah. they don't. Some of them don't amount to much because they're so used to their parents doing so much for them. But yeah. for but for me, I guess. But how my parents raised me, they're like, hey, we want you to be able to be an entrepreneur. We need you. Like so, we always grew up working with yeah. my brother. But um. Like, so I didn't start from nothing because even though I didn't have all the financial backing, my parents instilled so much in me Mm -hmm. mentally that I actually kind of knew what to do. Right, right, right. (laughs) Because growing up in the business, I'm like, okay, that had the the education background. I knew what to do, but a lot of people aren't as fortunate as that, but I'm happy and blessed that I'm fortunate, you know, I was fortunate to have still those Mm -hmm. people instill that stuff in me. Because I don't know where I'd be if, let's say, my parents weren't as you know, savvy as they were. Mm-hmm. I like I wouldn't know. At what age, um, at what point did you touch your first meal or you were worth seven figures? I would say around twenty eight. Twenty eight, what year is this? Shoot man, I'm thirty eight now, ten years ago. Ten years ago, two thousand and twelve. Yeah. So six years in the game, you finally touched your first meal. Like what was that feeling like? You know what? I didn't know because it was in the property. To uh, me, okay. I was still broke. <laughs> you know, that's the uh, thing. Mm. So, like, you know, at the time, like, in that 28, like, that's when I, I bought my first Bentley at 28. Mm-hmm. I was okay. I beat this Mark Crash. I, I bought, bought my Bentley. Yeah, yeah. And I'm riding. I'm like, okay, cool. But I had the, the, the actual mill in real estate. Yeah. My bank account didn't say I was a millionaire. Mm-hmm. My assets did. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, my bank account was okay, but... My assets actually spoke for it, mm-hmm. but I just kept, I just kept like keeping my head down because to me, I, I still didn't feel that I was right, wealthy. Right, like right. I didn't feel like I was rich. Mm-hmm. I just felt like okay, I got some properties, but I'm not a billionaire yet. Right, right. You know, so that's why and I always tell people it was a story, but basically, they had this boy. They said okay. Um, he wanted to reach for his stars. Well, he thought he could throw a rock at the stars. So he threw a rock as hard as he could at the stars. But instead of hitting the stars, he hit an eagle. So then he went back to the village and told everybody, hey, 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 I hit an eagle with a rock. They didn't believe him. So they said, go back and try to throw a rock at the eagle. He tried to throw a rock at the eagle. He ended up hitting the tree. Mm-hmm. So I always say, okay, well, if I shoot for that beat, I'm either going to get, 
I'm either I'm gonna hit that or I'm gonna get something, something close, close to, to it. it. So that's why I don't ever feel like I'm accomplished. And like my wife will probably say that. I don't ever try to give myself any accolades per se, because I'm like, yeah. I ain't there yet. So but all you doing it. I'm like, you know, I ain't, I ain't doing it like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. still trying to get like everybody else. Because mm -hmm. again, I think too many people, man, they, they start feeling themselves. And I yeah. feel like you feel yourself, you're not going to achieve your full potential. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, that's my opinion. You tell me what you think. No, no, I, I truly believe that, man. Because I get a lot of people that reach out to me and like, yo, your podcast is dope. Like you're doing your thing. And it's like, I don't even see it. It's because like what I see for myself is like, bro, I'm trying to be the number one podcast in the world. And it's like, oh, you got 150,000 followers. Like, what is 150,000 followers? I need 150 million people viewing my stuff. So I get exactly what you're saying. Like Kobe said, job not done. Like I'm nowhere near where I'm trying to get to, man. Like that bill. I, my goal is not to hit a billion, but few hundred M's. Yeah. Right, you know right. I'm, I'm, with, you. I'm with you. I'm with so you. So it's like, I ain't there yet, bro. Like, I got work to do, bro. And people get complacent. People like, oh, they start feeling themselves like, oh, yeah, they made it. And get comfortable where they at. And yeah. I can't, I can't let that let that happen. Uh, that's why it's like, even our, our network is just that I always learn from everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, even if we have a conversation, like, I'll still learn. Like, yeah. You know, and different people that we know, like, I'm still learning. Like, I'm always just trying to absorb. Like, I'm not the type Facts. of guy that's going to be... I know it all because yeah, 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 yeah. even my mentees, like I learn from them. Like mm -hmm. we learn from each other. And I tell them, like, look, I'm gonna teach you what I know, but I don't know everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm still gonna learn from you. I don't know LA like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know Texas like that. Yeah. I don't know New York like that. I I need y'all to help me out too. Mm -hmm. If I'm out, if I'm gonna out there try to invest in something. So I mean, we always looking out for each other, but I'm always got my ears wide open because yeah. I mean, hey, it's something to learn all the time. At what point did you start teaching people? You know what? Apparently, I've been doing it for a long time, but I think I really started probably around my late 20s. Mm -hmm. That's when I really started because what ended up happening, I used to have a hedge fund. I still got a real estate hedge fund now. Um, and basically, what a hedge fund, guys, is is like when people invest in your company, you take that money, you start, you know, making it work yeah. and all that type of stuff. But I paid off most of everybody in my hedge funds. I got tired of owing people money. Mm. So, and the reason why people started giving me their cash because when the market crashed, people weren't making money, but I mean, I was making money. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, well, can I give you some money? And I didn't really want to start a hedge fund. It's just people mm -hmm. was like, yo, how are you making so much cash? Like the real estate market's down. I'm like, yo, bro, we buying houses for 10 grand. Mm. We renting them out for 1,200 a month. That's the house paying for itself. <laughs> Crazy. Like every eight months, mm -hmm. you know, like if, if, if less. So to me, it was easy to make money back then. Mm -hmm. It's easy to make money in a bad market. It's easier to make money in a, in a, in a good market. Yeah. So. People just started giving me money, and I'm like, you know, shit, I guess I better start a hedge fund. I got to do something with this. Yeah. So um, some of those people that were investing with me, they were like, hey, can you teach me real estate? So I said, okay, cool. And then um, social media started getting a little popular then, and people were reaching out to me because every time I invest and I'm doing, like, rehabs, I'm always out in the field getting dirty, like, you know, I ain't dressed like this, bro, man. I'm dressed down. I'm looking bummy. I love it. You know, like, one thing I love is being up in a pickup truck, like, looking bummy because, like, I just like that. It's yeah, yeah. fun. Mm -hmm. And people would see that on social media and be like, hey, you know, I, I really want to get with this guy. And um, I started just helping people who come from social media. The next thing I know, it started getting bigger and bigger. And I'm creating teachables and mm -hmm. all these different things. And it just scaled, wrote a few books. And then yeah. it's just... Went from there. That's dope. Um, now, you, you do have courses and mentorships, right? Yeah. Um, well, so listen, um, 
anybody that's watching, are you willing to give anybody that comes from rich and unemployed a discount on any one of your, your services? Man, you fam, bro. You already know, dog. <laughs> you already know. Okay, so you guys heard it. So if you guys are interested in his mentorship, it's in his courses, we'll just click the link and we'll give you a 10% discount and um, learn something. Okay, so I want to ask you, what did you get the, the name Top Fund Manager from? You know what? Because I was a hedge fund manager. Ah, so because I was a hedge sense. fund manager. Now it makes sense. And back then, I was like really into the hedge fund world. Uh -huh. I was like, okay, I'll just be, I'm the top fund manager. Like, I'm uh -huh. the top guy to manage all these people's funds. Yeah. And it just kind of stuck. It's, <laughs> it's but, actually a cool name. Yeah. Mm. And then I just got out of it. Then I was like, well, so now I still have my hedge fund. Mm hmm but I just deal with a very, very small group of people. And really it's just only my friends and family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, and people I just rock with. So if mm -hmm. you wanna come in, I got you. Yeah. But really I just tell people, look, you know, versus me just give you some returns on your money, I can just show you how I make all this cash you can yeah. do on your own. Right, right. Because right. if I'm making, you know, let's say 50 grand off of a deal that I only put up 20 grand for, right? Mm -hmm. And then I gotta share that with my investors. I keep that for myself. So I can be like, look, I can show you how to do it. You can make money and then mm -hmm. you can go do it and you can just say, hey, who puts you on? Right, I right. can actually make money more so off of just helping the people mm -hmm. that want to pay to get that consulting or get that mentorship. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, that's how I came up with it, bro. Just by having a hedge fund and I was like, shit, I'm good at what I do. Mm. Shit. So why not? <laughs> why not? No. So how many followers you got on Instagram? Like 200,000? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 like two something. At what point did your your followers just start growing? Like, cause I see you on Instagram, like you good with content. Like, yeah, you be in the field, you be in the Lambos. You be, like, I see your content. Like, at what point did your your page just start? Taking you know off? what, man? I had that page for years, bro. Yeah. Like, I've been on Instagram since over a decade. Uh -huh. So it's so crazy. Like, I got a homeboy, man. Um, he does floors, my boy. I don't know, you know, my homie. Uh, it goes, he goes by DSD. That's, yeah, he, he was different. here. He was here. Oh, he yeah. was here. That's yeah. my boy. <laughs> mm -hmm. So him and I've been on Instagram for years. Yeah. So we would try to figure out, yo, how do we build up our following? Yeah. So it was a time for years. Me and him, we call, call each other. We just go like pictures. We go like pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, just like pictures, follow people, just engage in people's pages. This was years ago. Yeah. And then we noticed. That okay, our follow engagement would come up, mm -hmm. and then of course we still put out the content. Then after mm -hmm. a while, my fingers got tired. Yeah. So then we just put out the content, and then I don't know hashtagging, but I really just the content thing, just putting out the right content, and mm -hmm. then you know collaborating with different people, mm -hmm. um, you know getting on people's shows, uh, doing events with people, um, going live with other people, mm -hmm. um, but literally just like networking with other people yeah. and getting on other people's platforms. And that helps. And, that, and then I had to learn. Like, I had to get other mentees, well, mentors, yeah. to even show me how to scale. So they were showing me, like, literally networking and collabing. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how I did my, how I built my brand, collabing, yeah. networking. <laughs> networking, collabing. I think it's the same thing in, like, any field. Yeah. Um, now, you drive a Lamborghini, right? And I want to ask you, um, I don't think you just have it just to have it. No, of course. And um, I want to, um, I want you to explain like, what does the Lamborghini does for you? Because I know like some, some of my friends, they own Lamborghinis and it's just not just a car to have. It's like a networking tool. It's, it adds so many value, adds so much value to you as a person. Go ahead, tell me, explain. Yeah, no, for sure, bro. What kind of, what kind of Lamborghini do you have? So I got the Lamborghini Aventador. So that's, that's, that's one of them. Mm -hmm. Actually, I got another one on the way too. It sank, actually shit <laughs> sank, bro. I had a Urus, yeah. 
I don't know if you heard about the boat that sank in Portugal with all them cars on there in March. It was a, no. it was a boat in Portugal that sank. It caught on fire. It had like 4,000 cars on there. Your car I had a, on. I had a, I mean, I didn't care. I, yeah. Like, I didn't need the car, honestly. I just ordered it, but it was a year or so on there. Yeah. And um, I got a few cars, but that particular, but I, I, I would have had two Lambos. My other one comes in next month. The year's comes in next month, but I have a Lamborghini Aventador. I always wanted a Lambo that like the doors go up. Like mm. I just, I just like the Aventador. And I love the Huracans, I, I love the, the years, but I always really wanted that, um, like, I just want Lambo doors. Mm -hmm. and, Go up. But, but the thing is, that, like you said, so I noticed that when I bought my Bentley, like when I was 28, so 10 years ago, business started skyrocketing. Oh man, he know what he doing. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So I was like, okay, well, all right. So if I get this Lambo, mm. people going to look at me different because if you renovate houses, you know how it is. If you're in the business, if you're investing, people, your business car really is what you're driving. Yeah. Dependent, especially with brothers, man. Like mm -hmm. dudes, dudes pay attention. Like you out here, you with, you know, different people, you networking, you know, you pull up with a, a Camry, that's cool. But if you say that you actually really are an investor, they're gonna be like, well. You're right, right. <laughs> okay, I see, I see, I see. Mm -hmm. So I did it, because one, I like, I love cars, but two, I know that it's a good business card. It's like an advertisement, it really pays for itself, because all they do is come up to you and ask, what do you do for a living? Right. Hey, what do you do for a living? I invest in real estate. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, you got a website? I sure do. I can't tell you how many deals I close based off the car I drive, so yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. And just the network, bro. Mm -hmm. Just the network. Mm -hmm. I mean, you was there. Like Lambo Rally is just, you know, you got so many different rooms. I can't, I can't count how many rooms I've been in just off the car I was driving, mm. or just the car clubs that we're in. I mean, I, I mean, a, a lot of guys that 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 you know I met from, from us just being in, in mm -hmm. different car groups. Mm -hmm. Now, would you say, would you tell everybody to get you a Lambo? Honestly, I would say get you something nice. Yeah. Because even still, I got a few other cars that are that are really nice. Like I got a Wraith, and I I, I definitely love that Wraith. Like mm -hmm. the Wraith is nice. I still got the Bentley I bought ten years ago. Like it's in my West Palm <laughs> Beach house. I got a house. It just, it just sits out there, but I still drive it out there because like it's still a nice car. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, but I say definitely invest in a car that will be something that one. I mean, you actually like, but two that will get the respect because yeah. again i mean you know people people measure you up to what, what you driving and be like, oh well, is, is he really he really doing it right oh i guess he is mm -hmm. though he got it like that mm -hmm. so yeah i told myself i want the rose royce truck man um only because like it's a cool car 
but the Rolls Royce truck, it, it's just the statement that it makes when you when you pull up. And if I want to solidify myself against anybody out here, like I pull up with that Rolls Royce truck, you know what time it is. Like I'm, I'm yeah. setting, I'm setting the standard. I'm setting, the, I'm, I'm saying a statement when I pull up, like, bro. And also too, and I always tell people those cars still investments. Really? So the thing is, like you go get the con in, right? That car is not gonna really lose value. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like, mm -hmm. like I had the Wraith. I, I had my Wraith for two years. I can sell for more than what I paid for it. You go get the Conan. Right. And also, too, that's the ultimate luxury SUV. That's the top. Like, you can't get yes. better than that. That's the ultimate, 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 ultimate luxury. Mm -hmm. So what's so funny is that you'll go buy a car like that. People be like, oh, you wasted money. Well, no, not really. Because one, it's making me more money. And then two, even if I wanted to sell it, I'm still going to make more money even when I sell it. Right. But now if you go buy a G-Wagon, nah, like you're going to take an L on that. Right. I, just had a, I just had a conversation with one of my homeboys about that. He got a bunch of exotic cars. He said every time he bought a Mercedes, and no disrespect to people that own Mercedes, <laughs> I'm not saying that Mercedes <laughs> isn't a good car. No disrespect. Yeah. I'm just saying off of an investment purpose, you can go buy a nice Mercedes or a nice BMW, yes. but if you buy the super exotic cars like the Rolls Royce truck, mm -hmm. right? Or you go buy a Lambo, they only make so many of them, so mm -hmm. it's scarcity. Mm -hmm. So because of scarcity and demand, not only are you gonna make money, but also two people gonna look at you like, well, dang. Mm -hmm. And then it just, it makes so much sense. So you gotta, if you go and buy a car and you can afford it, buy a car that you'll make money off of and it'll also make money for you. Because mm -hmm. guess what? Mm -hmm. Even those cars like the Rolls Royce, I put in music videos. I don't even try. They call me because yeah. like they know I got the cars. The, the Lamborghini put in, it also gets in, in, in uh, music videos. Mm -hmm. So even the Bentley I had, well still have, goes in music videos. You know, and that's an old car, mm. but they still make money right. because people don't have them. People aren't going to ask you about your Mercedes, you know, <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know, can you put it in, in a music video? They're not going to yeah. ask about that mm -hmm. because they're more common. Right, right. But yeah, bro, no, I, I definitely get it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pay for itself, bro. He did say something that you can afford because if you're trying to, I would say like a lot of people try to go out their comfort zone or their, their budget and try to, you know, stunt. And you can't afford it, bro. And that was like, you living upside down. It's like you paying so much to to afford this car, to to live this or had this look, and you're really losing at the beginning. Like I, when I get this Rolls Royce truck, I'm gonna make sure like I got it for real. And maybe I don't have it all the way, but I know it's gonna make me some money. You know what I'm saying? Like I know I can make some bread from this image that I have. You gonna believe whatever I say? Whatever I say is, it's, I would believe anything you pulled. I'm like, yo, what you do for a living? How much you charge? Damn. Yeah. I, I, I gotta pay it. Yeah. And what's so crazy, bro, like, even when I was in Florida at a Lamborghini rally, I met this one guy out of, out of Cali, brother. This dude got like seven Lamborghinis, got like, this dude probably got 10 million plus dollars worth of cars. Dude live in a super plush mansion in Beverly Hills, like in the hills, yeah. and it's a modern mansion. And he talking numbers like, yeah, I just wired three mil over here. Brother, black dude, cool. Yeah. Older black dude, but cool, like, mm -hmm. awesome guy. And um, I'm like, bro, what do you do? He's like, well, you know, I do a lot of, you know, like, uh, he, he just buys businesses, you know, create a business, sold businesses for tens of millions of dollars. And I'm like, well, shit, I want to learn from you. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? But what got, so it's just, yeah, the, like, when people look at all the assets people have, they still associate that like, well, this guy's successful or this woman's successful. Mm -hmm. How do I get like that? Mm -hmm. So yeah, bro, like you gonna make a lot of money. You gonna make a lot of money. How do you feel about jewelry then? 
I think that jury is a preference. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a big jury connoisseur, mm -hmm. but even still with jury, depending on, I think watches, watches can be some crazy investments. Yes. Like watches are investments. So I will say that the watch game, the watch game, and it's crazy. Over the past couple of years, it seemed like the watch game got just yeah. heavy. Mm -hmm. I mean, but you tell me though, I don't feel like that many people were into high-end watches like they were over the past couple of years. I don't know what happened. I don't know where the wave came from. I know the watches have been going up in value for sure because you know Rolex stopped um, producing them. And I know I, last two years, like I kind of got into watches. I got my Rolex presidential, but I know like it's a conversation starter. Like anytime that I wear it, you know, if somebody recognizes if you know, you know, like, oh bro, it's a nice watch. Oh, and we, then we start talking about whatever we're talking about. So I don't know where the wave came from, but it definitely in the last few years. But you know, like the Rich Millies, you know what I'm saying? But now like, let me ask you a question. Mm. Who's paying attention to the watches? Guys, guys. Um, exactly. Businessmen. Um, exactly. Not just your average Joe, you know, like average guy not gonna know this like a presidential, like they just know it's a Rolex or like any watch, right? Like you're just not gonna know, but if you know, you know, and it's like, you're, it's like you're in this class, right? That's what that it puts you in this this class of people, I guess. Yeah, it's so funny. So that's why I was saying, cause you know, dude, especially when I was younger, like we would do stuff to like impress girls. Yeah. But when you buying watches, you're not trying to impress no women. Uh, let's just the bust down. See, the bust down. That's what really. Yeah, the bust down attracts the guys. Like. Let's Wait, just, hold up. The bust down attracts the guys or the, or the, or the women? The guys. Like really, it okay. makes it makes people. It puts you in a different class. Like, oh, it, it, it gives you this type of status. Like, oh, he got something going on. In that, I feel like in the, the lower level, like when it comes to like the plain Janes or just gold period, like you kind of set yourself apart. But like the buzz down is like the more rappers, the more street guys. It's like you kind of fit in that that circle. Right. So like I, my first watch was a buzz down. And then. It was a, a Rolex? No, it was a buzz down Cartier. Gotcha, yeah. That was like, that was like the starter kit. And I was like, I really don't. It's Those cool. nice watches though, bro. It is. I, I, I love, love the watches. watches. But it was so many people that had the watch. And I was right. like, damn, I want to sell it. But they were trying to offer me like $9,000 lower than what I paid for it. And I was like, right. I'll keep this and buy another one. But I, I, the, the attention that I got from men and women versus this Rolex is it's a little more uh, subtle, discreet, but it's still a conversation starter. So which one do you like better as far as attention? The bus down or the Rolex? It, it depends on the situation. It depends where I'm at. Facts. Like, cause if I go to the club, I'm definitely going to bus down because it's gonna shine. It's gonna shine in the light, depending on like who I'm around. But like when any other time, I'm really wearing this right here right. because it's like an everyday, any situation type of watch. Yeah. But you can't can't knock the bus down. The bus down is. <laughs> I mean, no, you can't. You can't. I ain't gonna lie. Like, what do you think about the APs? Um, I like the AP. Um, I'm, if I do, when I get the AP, I'm going to get a plain Jane. Any watch that I get now, plain Jane. Because the plain Jane holds the value the yes. most. That's the, yes. that's the only thing. Like, Yeah, like I, I like the AP Skeleton Edition, man. Oh, I love that, man. <sighs> I love it. 50 grand, though. Yeah, I love that, and they bro. They go for 100 grand from the, from the store, bro. Yeah, I know. You get it for 80, 90. 80, yeah. <laughs> and then 250 markups. That's why I tell people, like, if... You know, depending on what you want, yeah, it'll be an investment if you can get there first. Like even those Richard Millies, like yeah, those yeah. used to be, uh, you know, a lot cheaper. Now it's just it's crazy. They want two fifty, three hundred, three fifty. They got ridiculous no. numbers, crazy. and I don't even know like when I get to that stage in my life, do I really want that? But then again, 
once you have that Richard Million, you're in a different league, you're in a different class. Like these these type of people are not gonna approach you, or these people will approach you with this Richard Million. See, what I was thinking is this, right? So let's say you go buy a Richard Million for three hundred grand. I want to see what that person's house look like. Right. It all gotta match up. It gotta it match has up. To bro. Match up. It gotta match up. Man. It gotta match up. Like I don't see what your house look like. So I always tell people, like, look, even for me. I ain't buy a Lambo yeah, yeah. and all them cars till I had a nice house to park it at. Yes, all of it had to match up the crib. Gotta match up. The car and then the wash and the jury. Cause yeah, a lot of people work backwards. They got all this bust down stuff, man. They saying in a little yeah. one bedroom park. That's it. why I was saying, cause it'll, it'll be so funny. Like I remember um, I have conversations. Like I've been on IG Live and I was like, hey ladies, how many times you went out with a guy and you thought that he had it. He had a nice car, dress and everything. Then you yeah. went to his house, didn't match up. Man. Everybody was putting their hand up. And I'm like, it see, it happens. It happens all the time. <laughs> I'm happens. like, bro, like, fellas, y'all got to make sure it match up, man. Please. I'd rather have the crib first. Got gotcha. And then add that stuff later. Even if I ain't got the car. As long as I got the crib and then I'll work on getting the car. Well, I could go without a car because I could Uber everywhere. Black car and you still have a look. With, a, with Uber, you hopping out of black cars all the time instead of spending 200000 on them. Right. Whip, but I will get crib first, car, then jewelry. Yeah, in that order. So now, what do you? Uh, what, what's your opinion on chains? Um, I try to stay away from the bust downs too. Like, I like this is this is all gold, and it it sets me apart from everybody. Like, I still have something that's very valuable and that's noticeable. That's heavy. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's and heavy. and it costs a lot. But if you know, you know. Like people from Miami typically wear this. But like when I'm around all these guys with these bust down chains on, it's like he's the only one with this gold on. Like I kind of just stand out. But yeah, I don't even want no. I don't want a bust down chain. I will get a bust down pendant. But I I like to stand out. Yeah, I mean gold is gonna keep on appreciating. Like I don't think I've lost on gold. You know, I mean, even like even if you hold on to it for five ten years, like that chain. Yeah. Five ten years from now, still gonna be way way more than what you paid for it, even a year two years ago. Yeah. I bought this maybe a year and a half ago, and this went up ten thousand. The Rolex went up ten thousand. Yeah, so all investment pieces. Now I will get a bust down chain, like one just to have, like on in, for certain situations, like a small one, but not nothing crazy, like three yeah. or four layers, bust down pendants, and I just look like a rapper. Yeah, because I like I know I look like a rapper to some people, but I don't want the bust downs to solidify that. See, to me, I feel like you don't look like a rapper though. I feel like right now, because times change, mm -hmm. it's like you don't know what people do. That's a fact. You that is a mean? fact. Like, you don't know. Like, mm -hmm. you got to ask. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I just don't. Like, you just carry yourself too. I mean, not not saying. I, I don't know. It's just that I don't see rapper. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I guess it's, like, it's, it's it certain. Depends on. Depending on what I'm wearing. Man. Depending on, like, who I'm around. Because I, I can dress like a rapper, for sure. Yeah. And because a lot of people are like, yo, you an artist? I'm like, well, I got a podcast. And they always kind of get that. But it's just. But you know, being a brother, though, a lot of times, it'd be like. Right. Oh well, we fall in a few different categories. Like, right, right. You already know. Right, right, for sure. So that's the thing. Sometimes they be thinking that. But what's so so crazy? People, make sure you put insurance on your jury, regardless. Yo, <laughs> like put insurance on put insurance on it because you can. If you lose it, it's okay. It's okay. Get the appraisal, put the insurance, make the monthly payments. You're gonna be just fine. Man. Too many people got this jury and they'll put no insurance on. They be like, oh, I lost it. Oh, I got robbed the third. And I'm like, well, you have insurance? No. That's their downfall, bro, because anything might happen, bro, and you're going to be sick. Or if somebody try to rob you, you're going to try to die for this. Man, listen. Let them have it. Listen, here you go. Take that. <laughs> You'll get paid more from insurance. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> like, even with my houses, 
Like I got robbed. Um, well, I went. I got robbed today in one of my houses. Not today. Like, yeah, oh. today. But I'm so used to it. Like I wasn't there when I got robbed. Yeah. But just when you're in the real estate business, you get robbed a lot. Mm -hmm. But I don't really be caring because insurance takes care of everything. So the dudes, they came in, they busted down the house, whatever, you know, they stole some stuff, stole my pipes and everything. But all I'm gonna do is go file an insurance claim, mm -hmm. like 30 grand, 25 grand. Yeah. And I got my own contracting company, so y'all can read between the lines. Mm. And I'm good. I'm like, you know what? If y'all wanna come back, feel free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's come okay. Back. Like, come I'm not, back. I'm, I'm not tripping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> insurance, man. Yeah. Understand the game. Now, being, being this guy with money, and at what point did you get married? I got married at 33. So I got married, so we, I just celebrated my five year anniversary in July. So yeah, I've been married five years. Man, I'm 33, 33, bro. Oh, you got plenty of time, bro. Oh yeah. <laughs> you got plenty of time. I got married at 33. Yeah. But now, do you have kids? No. Okay, so I had my first kid two years ago at 36. So he just turned two. So you straight, bro. Yeah, like you oh, on the right man. path. Okay, you, you okay. straight. You, you straight. Okay, okay. You straight. Yeah, okay. And then guys, you know, like uh, we can go for a stretch. So yeah, yeah for sure. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You straight. Yeah, I'm, I'm being patient, man. But I feel like I don't want to get too old. Like I want to be at my son's basketball games, and like we can go to games together. Yeah. I don't want to be like 65 and he's 20. So I don't know. I ain't rushing it though, for sure. But I want to ask you. Okay, you hit your first M, or you was worth your first M at 28. So I'm pretty sure by 33, you was you know doing pretty good for yourself. Like. What made you want to just settle down when I'm pretty sure like it was it was plethora of women, you know, like your young, successful black guy riding around in Bentleys and stuff like that. Like what made you like just say, you know what, I'm done. Today's episode is brought to you by Rich and Unemployed Clothing. Listen, have you guys checked out the website? Have you guys copped some merch? You can do so while watching this episode right now. So if you haven't done so, go ahead. It's right there at the bottom. Go ahead. Click. Go to the website. Go ahead and copy some merch. Man, we got these new hoodies in. We got headscarves in. We got hats. We got caps, we got the black and gold, rich and unemployed cap. So make sure you guys tap in, grab you some merch while watching this episode. Cause listen, we're giving it to you, giving it to you good. Wait, pause. All right, back to the episode. You know what? So I think what happens with like a lot of guys and I'll even think about just friends I have and even myself, it's like, if you date for so long, yeah. and bro, you know what's so funny dog, mm -hmm. man, you, you probably know this, you know this too. Like you go out with a girl, and the first thing these women say, oh, well, you know, I normally date athletes. <laughs> I hate that shit, man. Bro, it's uh, like such a turn off. I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, I date entertainers and athletes and stuff. And I'm like, girl, like, you just telling me that you be getting ran through. Basically. Really. Because where they at? You be getting ran through. And now you out with me. And then they'll go drop a name of a dude I know. Uh -huh. So then I'm like, oh, okay. So this is the athlete you was with. Because, you know, we know everybody. Yeah. So then you're going to drop this dude's name. And I know this dude. So then I'm like, dang, man. So my homeboy then banged you. Right? <laughs> so now we out up on a date. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, damn, okay. Like, I, I just want to end this as, as quick as possible. And then, you know, but it's, and I'm from Atlanta. Yeah. Now, where are you from? Atlanta. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you know. Yeah. So anyway, so being from Atlanta, you've run across so many women, all of them looking for the same thing. They looking to date the same dudes, mm -hmm. you know, like everybody know everybody when it comes to certain type of dudes that they dating. And it's just, you just want to get out that game. So for me, I met my wife. Now my wife is from Florida. I met her before I even had a Bentley. Yeah, yeah. So actually I met her when I was 26, when I was still kind of, you know, getting myself together and yeah. kind of going up. My wife even loaned me money when I was trying to get it together. Oh, so. I, I knew her way before I had mm -hmm. that, but we weren't together. Yeah. And then I was I was dating and I was trying to 
like figure it out and I just realized is that there's not a lot of women out there that actually in my opinion want a man of substance there are women that do want a man of substance I'm not saying they don't but I guess I was running across running across a lot of women that were like superficial mm -hmm. that you know were just looking for dudes that had money yeah and then when you actually do show some some success you're gonna attract you know a lot of different things yeah so I was looking at well you know what and I tell my wife this all the time I was praying I was like you know I pray I find a woman you know that's for me and what's so crazy I looked up like she was already there like mm -hmm. I already had her mm -hmm. like she was already you know mm -hmm. with me mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that you know what this is actually where I, I need to be at yeah but it took me a lot of it like and I dated for a long time from you know we from Atlanta so high school to come out of college even coming out of college you don't have to have money yeah. To, to be up on the scene <laughs> mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so um just seeing all these different you know dating all these different women it's and you can't be successful like that like that's another thing it's so hard brothers it's so you can't be successful juggling a bunch of women like you can't like if your phone jumping and you trying to juggle all these up teen different like bro it's just it's, it's hard because then what you got to take them out on dates you know, you got to actually literally text them, call them. Like, mm -hmm. you got to make them feel special, mm -hmm. right? While you're still trying to build your business, and then you're still trying to get to that B, you're still mm -hmm. trying to get that 100 mil. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way that you can go on all these dates, try to juggle all these women, try to make them all happy, and still try to achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. So then you find yourself more successful when you actually find a woman that you love, care about, that's also helping you get to that same goal that you want. Mm -hmm. And then you can focus more because... You ain't got all these people hitting your line. Man, I try to preach that, bro. And I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because, man, juggling multiple women, like, you're never going to be able to focus, all right? And when and, and the money that you're spending trying to juggle all these women, because it's not free. It's not going to You can't go on dates, you know, without any money. You can't do certain things. It's, it's You have to spend money. And so the money that you could be spending or investing in yourself you spending outside, right? You can't actually get to the next level in life because your focus is, is is being distracted and you're using up your money. So like I always try to preach that to guys, man. It's like you don't want to wait too long, right? You could do it in your early twenties. You could do that, but like once you hit that twenty five mark, it's time to get your shit together. Like you just said, like at twenty eight, like I had it. I was like twenty six. You were still trying to put it together, and then actually at thirty three. So like you got married at thirty three. Mm hmm. When did you make the decision to like, you know what, I'm done. Like, this is it. So pretty much, I think it came down to a point to where I just got tired of, of, of dating. Like, you get like tired all of the dating. girls, yeah. and it was so crazy, bro. Like, even women that I met around the same time when I was trying to start more so focusing on just saying like, who should I really be with? A lot of those women, even though they look beautiful, they yeah. have a lot of substance. They'll mm -hmm. be smart, they'll be educated, yeah. but they will be looking for the wrong things. And a lot of those women still single to this day. Like I'll go look and I'm like, damn, they still single. And I know why, because they're the same women that were still like name dropping, you know, mm -hmm. still looking for certain dudes that had that check. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, and also too, another thing, I mean, let's just be real fellas. You know, we are attracted to, to, to women that look nice. Yeah. Like, well, most of us are. I mean, I know you are, mm -hmm. I know I am. So then our eyes are kind of going, but then we're not looking at, well, okay, outside of the physical, what else right, does she right. have going on or what else can she bring to the table? So then I started looking at, okay, well, you know what? This woman here, 
and I'm talking about like now, like my wife at this point, mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? She's beautiful, but she's also, you know, a go-getter. She's also like, you know, helping me. She also has the same type of goals I want. So then I'm trying to think it was in my, it was like maybe late twenties, like late, late twenties is when I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and like make this like official. Yeah. And that's when we really got official. Then we started building towards, mm -hmm. you know, the marriage and, and actually um, aligning our, ourselves up for that point. But it just took a lot of experience of going out and just realizing that, you know what, it's, it's just not a lot of women that I was finding that I was on the same wavelength as, mm -hmm. you know, that's the thing. And I feel like there was a lot of women that I was, I was dealing with that were really looking at like, well, what can you do for me? Mm -hmm. And I, and I get it, you know, as a man, you have to be a provider. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you still have to bring something to the table if a man's going to be a provider for you. And I just realized that a lot of women felt like, well, you know, my looks is what it brings to the table. But, you know, I mean, like, and you know, you laughing, but you know what I'm talking about. Oh, so right. like you, you have to you have to give me something else besides that, yeah. you know, and that's when I realized that I was getting to that point to where like and i'm not saying that every woman i was dating didn't have anything to bring to the table but then personalities be a little interesting like mm -hmm. you got women that are great you know great resumes but they personalities it's not like they just you know are looking for a dude with a check they're not mm -hmm. it's the personality off mm -hmm. like you're just not vibing mm -hmm. so i'll have that deal with some crazy people deal with some people mm -hmm. i was like it's too much bro i wonder how you I'd made buy. it without even having a child bro <laughs> I wonder how you made it this long. Man, bro. <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna lie, man. God is good. God is great. <laughs> God, God is great. Same with you, bro. God is great. Yes. I, man. <laughs> Same with you. I thank God I made it. Hey, long. God, God, God is great. I ain't gonna lie about that. Hey, hey, amen to that, bro. <laughs> amen to that. Amen to that. Amen. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. bro. I made it. I made it this far, bro. And I don't know, like when they, women, when women hear that, like they'd be more inclined to try to get a baby out of me. Right, you especially this age too. Now, your age right now, 33? Yeah. Yes, yes. I already know that they pressure you. Man. I already I already know. Man, I, got I already you. know. In fact, I bet you can't count how many women told you, hey, give me a baby. You probably, you probably lost count. No, listen, it was it was a time in my life. I kind of got into control under now, like, but it was a point in my life every, it was back to back. Like every girl that I met mentioned a baby. And this was like the first encounter. Yeah. What, what the hell going on? I took this chick to uh, Cheetah one time and we was actually cool. So she um she mentioned, she actually lived in this building. She she mentioned like, you know, we could have a child together and you know, we haven't got to be together. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. yo, I, and then, yeah. so I had did a podcast, like it wasn't my podcast. Then I went on somebody else's podcast and I was like, Yo, I keep meeting these women that every time I meet them, like they want to have a child by me. And she heard it. She blocked me, like never talked to me again. I was like, but it's the truth. Right. That's real. It is That's the real. Truth. That's real. It was happening, bro. And I was like, man, I got to I gotta do something different, bro, because they're going to trap me. Somebody's going to try to get me. Yeah. And I just strap up. Yeah, bro. No, that's that's real, dude. Like, the thing is that they see what you got going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, he's going to be a good dad. Yeah. Don't even know me. You know. <laughs> and he's he going to be a good provider. And if he ain't, man, we're going to get his ass for child support. But the thing is, though, like I was telling you, bro, like, you a cool dude. Yeah. So the thing is, is that, and I, I, I actually have, I had this conversation with, with many women, right? I'll say, okay, look, you have guys out there that are great, awesome guys. Yeah. 
and they will wife you they will want to be with you everything but they don't want those guys mm -hmm. they'll be super smart intelligent but they might not have the swag mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. guys aren't getting approached right, right have my baby right right because that's just that's not that's not you see what i'm saying right. so mm -hmm. they passing those guys up yeah, those yeah. guys be like okay sure right right maybe they might say that but they don't want that guy. right see that seen, all the time i seen something on instagram it was like um it said something like okay why are you single or no it was something like you passing up the guys that that you've been declining like those are the good guys where the good guys at it was like oh the guys that you've been declining in the dms or the That's guys bad. that you be meeting you go after these these athletes or these rappers or these guys with that has this image and you actually passing up the the good fellas just because they don't have the aesthetics or they don't have this look that you're going for and just like you said like you see chicks that that you that back in the day and they still single, bro. And I'm pretty sure they your age. Going for the same guys, the same guys, same guys. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So um, I want to ask you about high value, man. Kevin Samuels, you know, brought up this this high value term. Um, before then, I didn't really hear about this. What do you consider a high value, man? You know, so funny, man. Kevin Samuels cracked me up, bro. Hey, like, hey, rest in peace, Kevin. R.I.P. to the goat. R.I.P. <laughs> to my guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, so, I, you know, so for me, I look at, so Kevin, I guess he was saying with the income, mm -hmm. me, I look at it like if you're a smart, you know, guy, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to college or whatever, but if you're just a man that you know how to provide and yeah. you can take care of business, I think that's a high value, mm -hmm. uh, like a high value man. But also, I think it also goes into um, maybe how the man also carries himself mm -hmm. because I think that uh, a man is can be high value by how he actually treats a woman yeah you know because i would like i remember i used to date you know i always get my wife's door to this day even when i when, when i when i would go out i yeah. always get the door like yeah. always get a door i'm not saying every man has to get a door don't get me wrong you can treat your woman how you know good in other ways but i would always make sure that if i'm you know with a woman I'm going to treat her like a gentleman. I'm going to treat her with the utmost respect. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make sure that she's taken care of. I'm going to make sure that, you know, she doesn't need for anything. I'm going to make sure that she's happy. Like, I'm going to be asking her, you good, you good. I think to me, you know, a woman should be treated like a queen. So mm -hmm. if that's the case, that is a high value man to a woman mm -hmm. because a woman's going to value a man that's going to treat her like a queen. Mm -hmm. So if a woman is treated great, she's not gonna wanna leave mm -hmm. because that's of high value. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my definition, in my opinion. But I have a problem with that, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like <clears throat> the way I treat women, um, it kind of, uh, it confuses them. Because it's like you said, like, like, for example, right? I met this lady, right? I met this 50 year old this weekend. Mm. And um, I was at the club. She's like, oh, I see your podcast. So I just, we kind of just kicked it the whole night. I wasn't even on it like that. We was just kicking it. Yep. But the whole time, like, you know, I'm like, you need anything? Got, got her some drinks. She needed to go to the bathroom. I walked her to the bathroom, walked her to her car. It was just little things. She was like, what are you, why are you doing all this? I was right. like, I mean, I'm just, that's just me. I'm just a gentleman. Right. And I feel like when I'm around women, like when I'm around you, like I'm going to treat you like a queen. Like you might think I love you. Like I'm in love with you. But, you know, as soon as you walk out the door, it's a different story. But I feel like, no, for real. <laughs> every like every woman like they're like, why are you be playing games? Like I'm not playing. I'm not playing. Right. That's just me. That's just how I. I just know how to treat women, and I, I don't think a lot of guys. I think I think they run across a lot of guys that just don't know that, right? Yeah, that's true. And when they when they come across me, it's like, damn, like 
I love this guy. Or he, right. he, he, he must be really feeling me because, no, it's not really that. Like, anybody, it, you, I ain't going to say if you, uh, no, nah, anybody, any woman that's around me, like, I, I have to, this is just who I am as a right. person. No, that's real. And the thing is, it's so funny you say that because, you know, there's a lot of men out there that don't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, Chivalry even, is dead. Even, this is the thing, when, when you get married and you have kids, right? This is the thing that kills me, bro. I didn't even know this till I had kids. You have men out there that will be the breadwinners and all they do is just bring the money. That's it. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times mm. I've talked to different people and they'll say that, hey, okay, I, I'm the man. I don't change diapers. I don't get up at night. I don't, uh, I don't do nothing. I, I just bring the money. Yeah. And then you will have women, same thing. Like, yeah, my husband, all he does is remind my baby daddy, whatever. All he does is just mm. bring the money. Mm -hmm. But they're not helping with the kids. Mm. So you got guys out there you still keep the same thing. Like mm -hmm. I got homeboys, they're older, you know, not older. They're still shiverous and that shivery still also trickles down to how they also deal with the kids. Yeah, yeah. And a woman should think to herself, okay, if this guy isn't treating me right, when I say treat me right, if he's just, you know, let's say giving me stuff or giving me money or being a provider, but he's not walking me to my car, he's not making sure I'm good, he just thinks that the monetary is his love language. And guess what? When you have kids with that guy, he probably going to be the same way with the kids. Mm -hmm. He going to probably make you do everything and mm -hmm. he ain't going to do much. He's going to do the monetary stuff. So mm -hmm. I still even tell women, like, look, if you would a dude, all he does is throw cash at you. You had kids with that guy. All you going to probably do is throw cash at you and not really be that much right. uh, there for, for, for the kids. Mm -hmm. Not saying he wouldn't be there, but that's just probably his love language mm -hmm. versus you know, like yourself, like myself, my love language to me is more so quality time and how I treat you. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna use that same love language with my kids. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure, I'm just throwing this out there, but I'm pretty sure when you have kids, you seem like the type of dad that is probably gonna change a couple of diapers. I'll be right there. Be there. I'll be right there. Right, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But that's who you are. Mm -hmm. So again, like women, you really have to understand who you're dating because mm. that, that still translates to if you do have kids with that person, how what type of father that they're gonna be. Very true. And you don't even, women don't even know me yet, right? To wanna have a child, and it's other guys too, like you probably wanna have child, children with, and you'll pick this guy not even understanding, not even knowing like what type of father he's gonna be, and you want this guy to have your child. But uh, I think that was great, man. Top fund manager, man. <laughs> my brother i think that was great bro you gave some some advice um to the guys you gave some real estate gems um what else you got for the people man what else do you do is that oh, it man yeah so i do a lot of different stuff so i have the real estate coaching so i coach people on how to invest in real estate mm -hmm. been doing that for years i wrote a couple books I got the real estate. Oh, this is one thing. Oh man, bro. So I have a non-for-profit. So I have a non-for-profit called the Top Fund Project. So we got our 501c3 everything like mm -hmm. official. And what we do is we actually teach teens from the age of 13 to 19 how to invest in real estate because so many people, you know, when we were younger, everybody want to work at Chick-fil-A in Atlanta and stuff, yeah. even in high school. People want to work in fast food. Well, now I'm like, look, no, nah, you don't have to do that. 
you can learn how to actually invest. You can learn different trades, how to put up light fixtures. You can learn how to put in sinks. You can learn how to actually find properties. You can yeah. still learn how to even make money without using cash. I had a young girl, man, she made seven grand using my methods without using any money. She was 16, bro, 16. So basically what I do is you drop your kids off with your boy. Now we're, we're gonna be in different states. So right now we're in Georgia and Florida. Mm -hmm. We're gonna start opening branches up all across the nation to where you'll drop your kids off with us uh, twice a month, mm -hmm. right up on the weekend. And sometimes we'll even do stuff during the weekdays to where we'll have guest speakers come in. But we're literally teaching the teens from financial literacy. Mm -hmm. We're teaching them from actually like how to do stuff from the ground up with real estate. But we even had people come in like yourself. We got people that come in from different professions mm -hmm. that are still teaching them certain things for them to actually know and be dangerous because at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that we can pass on that torch to the next generation. Yeah. So you don't have to make money off of earning a wage. Mm -hmm. You can create your own wage. So how do you do that? So we empower them with that information on how to do that. So I got a link for that too. Uh, Cause I think we taking like a hundred kids per state, wow. you know, but we're gonna, we're gonna keep on expanding. So that's why I'm probably gonna really, really start like, you know, getting all the different people and the volunteers. And of course, I mean, I'll put some, like a lot of money behind it so that we can really teach kids in our youth, no matter what background you're in, no matter where you're from, mm -hmm. you can really do well as a teenager. So I was really happy to see that a lot of kids that I was already um, helping in my, um, in my non-for-profit yeah. that and I've been doing this for the past, uh, it's going on a year and a half. So it's fairly new that a lot of them actually been making money. So I've had some of the teens that'll go get their real estate licenses. Some of them came to my brokerage firm. I had some teens that were actually just making money off of investing mm -hmm. without using cash. Some of the teens, like we taught them how to put up light fixtures. We taught them how to put up, um, how to like do plumbing and stuff. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, hey, if you go make $50 and $75, put up a ceiling fan, all you're gonna do is tell all the neighbors, hey, you need to put up a ceiling fan, you need to put up some lights, I got you. Yeah, yeah. And you put up, it only takes probably maybe 15 minutes to put up a ceiling fan, you just made $75. Mm -hmm. Versus you go work at McDonald's, it took you all day to make that $75. Maybe right? two days. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So we're just showing them different ways on how they can truly mm -hmm. um, I I expand their, their mind and their thought process to think, okay, well, there's a lot of different ways that I can create a business. Because that's mm -hmm. the main thing. We just wanna show them how to create businesses. So I got that. So I got the consulting firm. I got that. I got the real estate brokerage firm. So we have agents that work under our company between Georgia and Florida. Well, let me get licensed in a few other states. I got the contracting company where we actually help people renovate their properties. Mm. And um, like I said, the hedge fund. But I don't even promote the hedge fund because I just keep all that with me. Mm -hmm. But um, even with the Airbnb, we got the the uh, the luxury rentals for the for the different. Mm -hmm. the different properties I have. But everything real estate, all things real estate. Anything mm -hmm. you can think of real estate, I'll probably do. Facts. That's dope, man. I think you're gonna be on the way to Billy really, really soon. How close are you? I'll tell you what, man, I ain't there yet, bro. <laughs> I ain't like, I ain't even close yet. <laughs> I ain't even close yet, mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm doing all right for myself, Yeah. but I ain't, I ain't even close to that. Now, at what age do you think you're gonna hit this Billy? You know what? I wanna see if I can do it. I'm gonna give myself 10 years. 10 years, 48. I'm gonna give myself 48. And this is the thing, you know it's so crazy, bro? So when I said 28, right? I said, okay, I'm gonna be a billionaire at 28. Well, guess what? I was a millionaire at 28. Yeah, yeah. So I still didn't hit my goal, but I still hit, hit that at, at 28. Okay, cool, mm -hmm. bet. But now, 
being 38, I know what route I gotta go to get there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you. I got another website I actually created too that's gonna compete with Zillow. Mm. You know, like one of my that's goals smart. is, is, is mm -hmm. to take a company public. So mm -hmm. one of my goals was always to, take, to make a publicly traded company. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was like, how do you do that? Well, you gotta get the revenue up. You gotta have over X amount of millions of dollars of revenue and all this type of stuff. So I'm like, okay, how do I go about building? So I'm just going to just build a bunch of different businesses mm. on top of doing a lot of commercial real estate, a lot of development to doing the single family, to doing the multifamily, to doing subdivisions, mm -hmm. and then just scale and just make a bunch of businesses because the more businesses you have, guess right. what? It's like throwing paint in the wall. Yeah. One of them got to stick. One of them. One of them got to stick. Mm -hmm. So just multiple streams of income. So that's what I always teach people. Oh, I haven't got I haven't got a podcast too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The thing. That's yeah, yeah. I've got so many different things. So it's kind of like I just try to look at I'm gonna build all these different businesses, but I'm gonna make sure they're efficient, that yeah. they make sense. Mm -hmm. And then hey, if one one if one works, I just need one idea one or idea. one thing, but we're gonna have multiple, so we can just mm -hmm. keep it, keep it keep it in the fam, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, bro, but so you know, God's good. I just have faith and I just keep my head down and regardless, you know. I don't I don't care about being a billionaire, if that makes sense. Just to be honest, I don't. Yeah. But I just look at it as it like God gives us one life, we got free will, and I just like a challenge. Just like playing a video. Right, 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 Me, right. my video game is real life. So I just want to play to get to that level. And right. if I can hit it, great. Yeah. And I plan to, don't get me wrong, but I still want to set my kids up so yeah. that whatever they want to hit, they mm -hmm. can hit. Mm -hmm. Without spoiling them though. I'm gonna name this episode. How to make a billion in real estate. <laughs> you hella clicks. So, yeah, man, um, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, like we said before, man, this guy has mentorships. He has courses. We're going to leave the link in the description. You guys going to get a special discount if you click the link. Um, thank you for tapping in. Richard and the podcast, number one podcast in the world. Top fund manager, man. My brother, thank you for having me. And hey, what's the name of your show? The Money Play. The Money Play. He also has a show, The Money Play, where he actually gives you money plays, not just on real estate, on all type of... Yeah. We teach you games so you can run the play. So yeah. pretty much any type of play you can think of, we got people in all industries and we're showing you so that, hey, guess what? You don't like real estate? You want to be a podcaster? You want to be a YouTuber? Whatever yeah. you want to be, yeah. we probably got some entrepreneur this crazy pay that's going to show you how to make that happen. Mm. Yeah, I tap in, man. Until we meet again. Thank you. That was dope, man. <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. That was dope. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.